At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Bet Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hi, everybody, and welcome in. It is another fun, action-packed Saturday night of college football betting as we welcome you into VSIN Bet Center alongside Jeff Parles. He's got that smile on his face, folks. There's a reason. It's a good day. It's a good been day a, today, Ben. a good ben. day. I'm Ben Wilson, Jason Conn, our producer behind the glass, as we start the show getting right into it, all the latest college football action you need to know about. But we'll start first with, uh, look, we, we should have known, Jeff, this was going to be a crazy day when, for the first time in 61 chances this morning, a team you were on, the Flying Falcons of Bowling Green. That's, a, <laughs> that's my petition to change their official mascot to the Flying Falcons. They knock off Minnesota on the road as a 30-and-a-half-point underdog outright, Jeff. And that really has kicked off what's been just a bonanza of a day in the college football slate. Well, look, we were due for one of these wacko days, and we finally got it. Look, I like the Flying Falcons. I think that All right, we'll go point. with it. I think that's what it should be going for. 31-and-a-half-point underdogs last night, close 30-and-a-half, win the game outright. We had a UNLV look like they had a chance to do it last night as a 30-point dog against Fresno uh, in shocking fashion, UNLV did not get home in that one. Not. But Bowling Green got home today, and then that set off what was a really dramatic, especially the, the first slate had its moments. Notre Dame obviously pounding Wisconsin in the second half. Uh, just so many questions for Wisconsin moving forward. I don't know how Graham Mertz can start next week if you're the Badgers. But that 4 o'clock Eastern, that 3.30, 4 o'clock Eastern slate was fantastic. And... Obviously, the big one, Clemson falling in overtime, 27-21 to NC State, Ben, which featured the rare chance where I actually thought not going for two in overtime as the underdog was actually the proper play, and good for Dave Doran, it worked out. After what was just a nightmarish outing for the kickers, as his kicker missed three field goals, including yeah. a potential game winner in regulation, but NC State, one of several outright upsets today and look here's the beauty of these college football saturdays we still got a bunch more action yes, Jeff, including some live action and there was one very popular underdog today a team in stanford who was bet down from five jeff to four and a half down to four on the closing line stanford at home their home opener today as they took on ucla and this was a game jeff where the bruins come out they lead 14 nothing right out of the gates stanford for those of you who didn't pay attention to this throughout the week, this was somewhat late-breaking news. They had basically the entire running back room go out due to COVID. That's a team that is fully vaccinated. However, there were several breakthrough cases. The top three running backs all out for a run-first team, Jeff, that has not really relied on, on much in the way of the passing game with Tanner McKay so far as their quarterback. As a result, they had only one running back. They go down 14-0 early, and you probably thought as a potential popular underdog, this game was over, but UCLA, the Bruins, who have been known to blow leads like they did last week and could not come back against Fresno State, losing outright as an 11-point underdog for Chip Kelly's UCLA Bruins, they have also tried to let this lead slip. It's now 28-24. Stanford, despite being heavily outgained in this game, has 
basically pushing right now, depending on the number, but based on the closing number, this would be a push. And right now on the live line, Jeff, seven and a half to the Bruins on your live markets. Amazing, though, when you look at the box score, actually realize, and this is why we, we cover these in-game betting perspective games, Jeff, that this game is somehow a one-score possession, and it's a game where UCLA on the surface is completely dominant. UCLA, by the way, is in the red zone. They have a second down and four coming from the Stanford 15-yard line. Look, last week, UCLA, uh, a total gut punch, losing that game to Fresno State, uh, where Fresno State's quarterback barely could move at the end of the game, and they couldn't get a stop, and really, again, a damaging blow to the Pac-12 that now has one team remaining for a potential playoff spot in Oregon. But look, if you're if you're if you're UCLA, you can't lose this game. I'm sorry. I know Stanford had uh, had back to back good wins, a really good win two weeks ago, which obviously cost the job of Clay Helton at USC. But if you're UCLA, you gotta find a way to win this game and, and get a touchdown here. Get inside the get get above the number here, and, and we'll see if you can keep them out of the back door. Live betting markets are now suspended, but this game has already gone over the 58 and a half pregame total in UCLA and Stanford. And I mentioned too, Jeff, with all the running backs out for the Cardinals so far, Nate Peets, a guy who, ironically enough, both, both, both of us covered. You and I have covered <laughs> in high school when he played his high school football in Columbia, Missouri. He's been the only running back available for, today for the Cardinal. And as I look at the updated numbers on him, Jeff, 12 carries, 41 yards. A team, Stanford, with 18 carries for 17 yards as a whole. But Tanner McKee has kept them in the game. I know I just sort of said uh, they're not a team that relies on him, but three touchdown passes so far for a guy who was not expected even to be the main starter, trying to replace Davis Mills coming into the season at that quarterback position. So you have to give them some credit for hanging into the game. But Dorian Thompson-Robinson, to this point, 18-29, 207, and a touchdown. But Zach Charbonnet has continued, despite, as we, you just mentioned, that frustrating loss to Fresno State, Jeff. Fast, fast, fantastic senior season for him. 24 carries, 206 yards, and a touchdown so mm-hmm. far. What? Yeah, not, not good. Not, not too good. bad. Not too bad. Then. So that's, that's the game we're tracking right now. Again, 9-10 to go in the fourth quarter. We're going to have to bust out the Pac-12 Network iPad. Why not? Why not? In studio, that is the, uh, the game latest on in its progression of the games that we're tracking uh, right now. And we will get into the later, the Pac-12 after dark games, of which there are three of them. Yes, we get three this week. Talk about those in a little bit. As far as some other top guns, though, playing right now, we do have a number of top 25 teams in action as we speak. And while the theme, it seemed all day, has been the big top 10 teams who have struggled, especially as big favorites, we're seeing yet another one of those play out in the late window as, at this moment, Oklahoma in a dogfight at home in a game where they were favored by as many as 17 points. Looking at how this closed in a spot where the Oklahoma Sooners taking on West Virginia uh, they were as high as a 17, 17 and a half point favorite against West Virginia, but it's the Mountaineers who get a late first half field goal to take a 10-7 lead into the halftime locker room. It's good timing, Jeff, that we come on now because we get to take a look at a halftime line that should be populating any second. Just uh, looking at our uh, live odd screens that we have here in studio uh, to wait for those numbers to show. But I think you hit on it last week. You said flat out, Oklahoma, they're not very good. They Frauds. after failing to cover. Against Tulane as massive favorites, Oklahoma. After failing to cover against Nebraska as massive favorites, Oklahoma. And here they are, 3-0, and third in the country, but again, struggling and down at the half. They're just not that good. I think that's uh, as simple as to put it uh, right now, because this is now every single game. They have made their opponent look significantly better than they are. And look, what this was, a, this was one of those where, from a traditional sense, this was a great bounce-back spot for Oklahoma after messing around completely with a mediocre Nebraska team and a perfect letdown spot for West Virginia. 
after beating Virginia Tech last week. You had a perfect scenario where you would have expected, okay, Oklahoma should be able to handle West Virginia at home and put a whole bunch of points on them, and it hasn't happened. And look, uh, West Virginia, big dog in this game, getting double digits in the first half, and they win the first half outright. Outright. And right yeah. now, second half line has just been posted behind us at the Circus Sportsbook where we are located, VEASAN Bet Center on a Saturday night. Uh, it is, I'm seeing either 7.5 or 8, Jeff, in the market as we speak at this moment. So if you, if you extrapolate that out for the game, you've got Oklahoma down 3 right now. You want to lay 7.5 for the game, you're looking at uh, OU minus basically, what, 4.5 to 5 for the whole game. I don't know. If, if, I don't if, want if it. If you, uh, again, what you're saying some of the struggles early and we've seen while the numbers have been really good for Spencer Rattler so far who came into the season your favorite to win the Heisman Trophy not the case anymore uh, Rattler through his first uh, three games seven touchdowns a couple picks 75 percent completion rate so on the surface Jeff it's looked good but to your point something just hasn't totally clicked with them and in a game like this tonight a seven of 11 73 yards a touchdown a pick but We've seen a lot of these games so far from Rattler, like 7.3 yards per attempt. That's not really what you expected out of him. You, you expected massive plays up and down the field the whole game, and 7.3 uh, yards per attempt is really cutting it for a guy He's like been him. very average for the number one quarterbacking prospect in the country when he was recruited to Oklahoma. And now look, Ben, uh, again, this, is, this was supposed to be the breakthrough year. This was supposed to be the season that Oklahoma – finally busted through, not only made the playoff, but win the whole darn thing. And it just hasn't happened for this team. Nothing we've seen through the first three games has indicated that this is more than maybe just a Big 12 champion because you're dealing with a Big 12 now, which, by the way, Iowa State loses today. Uh, Shocking, Iowa State failing to live up to preseason expectations yet again. Loses the Baylor as a seven-point road favorite. Uh, This is, look, this is an average team to me. This is a team that you're probably looking at being a a team that wins the Big 12, and if they get in the playoff, they're going to get smacked by Alabama in a 1v4 game. I feel like there's that F word you could use about a number of teams, including two in the Big 12. That that big old fraud (laughs) word, Iowa State, as they fall to Baylor on the road today. Again, is that now not as large of a favorite as you would have thought? I think a lot of people had caught on to that thought for Matt Campbell and company the head coach for Iowa State, but they fall as a six-and-a-half to seven-point favorite outright, 31-29 in that game at Baylor. And right now, Oklahoma, to, to your point, seven returning starters for a defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, and, and anchored by Perry and Winfrey, a guy who I think many, to your as you, you kind of alluded to, Jeff, was expected to really dominate from a front-four perspective and, uh, and just in general. So right now, Oklahoma down 10-7 at halftime. And I think it, even though on the surface it's like, all right, you were getting, you were laying 17 pregame, all of a sudden it's four and a half or five. We've seen in a lot of cases, especially for home teams, a comeback against inferior opponents, usually good bets. But I think what we're getting at here is we've seen the story play out, and Oklahoma has narrowly escaped. Five-point win over Tulane, seven-point win over Nebraska, and even though West Virginia's had its struggles, certainly on a different uh, plane, wouldn't you say? This is... Again, I don't trust Oklahoma. This is a different circumstance. Like today, Iowa's second half was as good of a bet as you're ever going to make in-game college football. There were 11 and a half for, for the second half, which was four and a half for the game, and five for the game, 12 in the second half against a horrible Colorado State team who played a great first half. Guess what? Iowa covered all second half numbers against Colorado State. So, 
look, there are some great opportunities like that. This Oklahoma one absolutely does not fit that bill. As we've rolled into conference play officially, we have another number of really interesting games that have been tight throughout one of them in the SEC, a team in potentially a letdown spot, but they did just score a touchdown. That's going down at the Swamp. We'll give you an update on that next as we're just getting started with you for the next three hours and change right here on VEASAN Bet Center. is Beth Center on VSN, the sports betting network. Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back in. It is the first hour of VSN Bet Center. We're here with you until 1 a.m. on the East Coast. Back with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. We'll get into our full NFL previews for week three. Right now, though, doing our deep dive into the college football Saturday night slate with so much going on, including down in the swamp, Jeff, where we almost saw the Giants slayed last week, Alabama. But almost. Did not quite happen. Florida was able to cover last week as a huge underdog in that spot of about 14 points. But many people thinking in the turnaround spot now, you go against Tennessee, an SEC team who has struggled so far this season under first-year coach Josh Heupel. The Vols were laying a lot of, I should say, getting a lot of points in this spot. You look at how it closes, Jeff. And this ended up in the 19 range, pretty much market-wide for Florida. But there was not a whole lot of, uh, I, I would say, impetus or, or, or desire for many people to bet this game. If you, if you look at uh, VEASAN.com, we have our, our guy Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook director, who's also been a VEASAN contributor and, and does his uh, three times a week columns, just breaking down, Jeff, where all the, the line movement is coming in at his shop. And he said, look, uh, not, a lot of, not a lot of play to Florida in this game. Not too many people wanting to get involved with the team coming off such an emotional win. And like we've seen so far today, Jeff, with a lot of big favorites at home, an early struggle for the Gators, but they did just score a touchdown. They're now up 24-14. We're just underway in the third quarter, and the Vols have a big third and one in their own territory right now. As I mentioned, this closed 19 with a total of 65. Tennessee's able to pick it up, Jeff, and you look at it live. Currently, Florida laying 10.5, so a bit a bit reduced from that first number, a little bit updated from, the, from that 15.5 you saw there from a moment ago. Well, I look, uh, they're already at mid Tennessee's basically at midfield. By the way, this is one of these scenarios where Tennessee is probably better off with Hooker, who is the quarterback tonight, as opposed to the regular starter, Joe Milton. Because uh, Joe Milton really has shown us nothing through the first few games for Tennessee. And Hooker's played pretty well when he's been asked to play so far. And look, if you, if you were looking to bet this game, Ben, I think the proper play was is something that's already done was the first half on Tennessee, which was which ended up coming home, mm-hmm. uh, 10 and a half, 10, whatever number you got, because this was a perfect first half letdown spot for Florida coming off of that emotional loss to Alabama. Keep in mind, this is a huge rivalry game that has not been a rivalry basically for 20 years because Tennessee's been in the doldrums uh, for, for, for almost two decades now. But uh, look, for, for Florida, just win the game, I think Florida probably doesn't cover that preflop number. And look, if I were betting it right now, we can get a ten and a half on Tennessee. I don't hate that. I don't hate that right now. Ben. Betting markets now have suspended, as, as Jeff you just mentioned. They picked up a first down and pick up another they picked one. Up so a lot more across, than the first there across midfield. They're averaging over five yards a rush. And you mentioned the Virginia Tech uh, transfer in Hendon Hooker. Who I mean, look, twenty-two touchdown passes over his last two years at Va Tech. So a guy with at least some pedigree, Jeff, and makes sense for Josh Heupel, who's who's been known as an offensive mind, especially going back to his days at UCF, where. 
led, uh, led the Golden Knights to a 28-8 record in his few seasons there. So you would think it makes sense. And so far, five touchdowns to just a single interception for Hooker when he's been that starting quarterback. What has interested me, though, is you would kind of expect maybe some more struggles for Emory Jones, who we have seen the flashes for him, the quarterback for Florida, on the ground. But it's been really hit or miss so far through the air for him. Just two touchdowns, five picks. Now, when you go against Alabama in a secondary like that, it's, it's going to be difficult. But the, the thing is, for Jones today, that might be one of the things that you would, you would anticipate holding Florida back. And that's not been the case. Jones has actually been really good today. 15 of 18, a buck 54, uh, and a touchdown, Jeff. It's just been the, the Vols defense is actually, and I would think a lot of teams are going to start doing this, the game plan against the run of Jones, holding him to just 10 carries for 46 yards so far. That, that seems to be a template now going forward. You, forward, you have to think oh, a lot of these teams are going to say, all right, we've seen Jones run. Let, let's see him pass and actually make us beat him. Yeah, look, and I, I think that was the big question coming in this year for Florida. How big of a quarterback drop is it from Trask to Jones or whoever may end up at that position for Florida? And look, he was much better than I expected last week. Florida played much better than I thought they would last week against Alabama. I didn't think I, I, I didn't want to lay the number with Alabama, but I would have bet Bama if I was made to bet that game last week. And Florida was w one of the worst two-point conversion attempts of all time away from forcing overtime in that game against Bama. So, look, they, Dan Mullen can coach. We know this. He may not be Urban Meyer, but he's a darn good football coach. And that team has overachieved most years since he's gotten down there to Gainesville. So, look, you're in a scenario now where Florida's whole season comes down to winning the world's largest outdoor cocktail party against Georgia at the beginning of November. I think they'll have a chance. They'll at least be live in the game. Georgia will certainly be a, a, a favorite in that spot. But yeah. for now, trying to take care of business, uh, they have an injury timeout right now in Gainesville. So we'll keep you posted on that. Another team as well, certainly uh, not at the same ilk of Florida, but a team coming off of a pretty large win and potentially a letdown spot. We know for Florida, obviously didn't win, but they did cover as a huge underdog. Well, Michigan State not only covered Jeff, but they won the game outright in Coral Gables last Saturday at Miami. And the Spartans, look, they move into the top 25, all of a sudden getting some buzz, even though that was not really expected out of the guys in East Lansing this season. And they turn around, face a Nebraska team that I, I think we've, uh, we've gone a little too far on the slander, Jeff, I have to say. We, we loved ripping Scott Frost to this Huskers team for how they lost week one to Illinois. But since then, Nebraska team that has, has fared okay, had, had a, a game where they lost tight to Oklahoma as a large underdog, but did cover last week. And Adrian Martinez has been much better since that opener. Now five touchdowns to just a pick and over 1,000 yards in his first four games. And here they are, tied with the Spartans, 13 up. We are at halftime right now, getting a, a halftime line on this. Jeff, we are, actually, they are into the third quarter, I should say. So uh, just started the third, but Michigan State actually got bet down, just a three-and-a-half-point favorite when things were all said and done here. Yeah, this was a very popular, sharp side, Nebraska, today. And, Look, I think the regression to the mean for Michigan State is going to come at some point. And if it happened today, it wouldn't have shocked me. I didn't bet this game. It, when I, it's always one of those, especially in college football, Ben, where you get a number that to you doesn't make much sense when you eyeball it. And that's kind of what this was for me. It's like Michigan, Michigan State's only five at home against Nebraska. And then you see it's one way, a one-way train on Nebraska in the betting markets, and it closes three and a half. That kind of scared me in the way mm -hmm. of just betting this. And look, Michigan State last week, that was an even game into, into the fourth quarter, and a Miami totally lost their minds in the fourth quarter. So, look, I don't know how good Michigan State really is. I think they're a reasonable team. They're clearly a bold team. 
but they're not as good as they've shown these first three weeks. Wouldn't shock me if Michigan State wins this game by a field goal and every single Nebraska number ends up coming in. Right now at two and a half, I probably would stay off of it because especially with that minus 135 juice on the Spartans right now in the 13-13 game. And it was a field goal. The Huskers just kicked to tie it up at 13. And, and we'll say this, you talk about regression as well. Michigan State, they bring in a Wake Forest transfer and, and Kenneth Walker the third. 8.6 yards per it's carry good. and five touchdowns through their first few games. You would expect that to regress a little bit, even with how good Walker has looked. And to that point, it has 12 carries, 37 yards. That is just 3.1 yards per carry so far. And so for second year head coach Mel Tucker, who for the rebuild, Jeff, we, we thought, OK, he's, he's a guy with a lot of upside as a coach. Good track record and background, but you wouldn't have expected it to come this early with some of the struggles Michigan State has had, especially when he took over the program. And you always wonder, too, the, just the angle of that newly found top 25 team coming back home for the first time. Uh, Michigan State has, and also when you have a redshirt freshman quarterback in Peyton Thorne, I'm, we're getting a lot of similarities here. We have redshirt freshman at quarterback, redshirt freshman running back. There's a lot of pieces there that are hard to trust just over the, uh, the course of a long season, right? And, and we're seeing that uh, kind of play out so far. Yeah, and, and look, again, Ben, you're just, you're just in a scenario here where at some point the regression in, to the mean was going it to happen. It will happen. It will and happen. It has, it, so far, it has happened tonight. And also, too, uh, Walker, who uh, was only averaging a cool 160 yards a game That's on the ground. That's also pretty good. Uh, down to uh, just over 40 right now so far in this game. Shade over 40. Again, three and a half. These, uh, was the, uh, I mentioned two and a half a moment ago. I'm, I've been seeing three and a half years suspended. 49 and a half is your live total if you want to get involved on this game, which did close in the 54 and a half uh, range. So we have that game going on again. Uh, just looking at some of the movement, Jeff, it has gone market-wide to Oklahoma minus eight for the second half. So there has been some Sooner support, minus five for the game, but as you alluded to earlier, you are not interested, and I do not blame you. I don't want either side. <laughs> I don't want either You missed a boat on West Virginia, and for 20, Oklahoma, I don't try to. 27 total, what, you're at, you're at what 17 is, right now. What has Oklahoma done this year to, to, to make you think that they're going to win, if they win this game, they're going to win it more than more than four. They have not shown They haven't shown us anything this year. Honestly, your best chance of, of covering that to me would be, again, Oklahoma could come out and run them out of the building, but you get that game to overtime. Oklahoma could cover that game at overtime if it gets there. But look, West, West Virginia is not a pushover. That's, I think, one of the weird things. With I, yeah. I understand, again, we broke down before, horrible spot for West Virginia coming off a big win at home against Virginia Tech. Good spot for Oklahoma to look better after looking pretty mediocre against Nebraska last week. But West Virginia is not a pushover. That's a totally solid football team. They're they're a legitimate bowl team. And with how the Big 12 looked today, TCU loses to SMU outright. Uh, the, Wait, nine and a half I, point favorites. Iowa State yeah. loses to Baylor. The, not what you want. The number two slot in the Big 12 is wide open. For someone to slide in there, it could be Texas who looked great against Texas Tech today. It could be West Virginia if they find a way to upset Oklahoma. Today. You were the one. You almost went in on Western Carolina, right? Week, uh, uh, yeah, week two against Oklahoma. They, uh, thankfully, I didn't because they was... lost by 1,000. Not quite 1,000, 76 nothing. but that's the Close only enough. game Oklahoma Much has lovely. covered so far <laughs> in what's been a, uh, a, a very interesting <laughs> season so far. We'll continue updating you. A couple big games still in action that we'll get to right after this here on VEASAN Bet Center. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis to get everything VEASAN has to offer. For only $22 per month, sign up now at VEASAN.com 
slash subscribe. As we're back on VEASAN Bet Center, there is so much action going on. It's a Saturday night in the college football slate. Back with Jeff Barles. I'm Ben Wilson. We have like a million TVs in our, our studios, Jeff, and that's not even enough to contain all of the action going on right now. Although the, the iPad that I, I brought out. <laughs> that game's over, The Pac-12 Network iPad I set up just in time for UCLA to finish off Stanford. They do get a late touchdown to cover UCLA, and this was a game where they dominated from the, a box score perspective. We're up 14 nothing, but if you were a UCLA backer, you did have to survive. I know we mentioned there was a chance still to get in on the Bruins, laying only 7.5. They end up winning with a late touchdown, 35-24, and uh, this game goes well over the, the closing total of uh, this ends up, yeah, that was uh, actually 61, 60.5 or 61, so I, I should say I think 59 is your closing number, so that goes under in that game, but UCLA gets the win, clearly a better team than Stanford. Uh, and there have been a couple other, I would say, somewhat mismatches so far, Jeff, in these these conference-only slates, including one that I don't know that I really expected to to be uh, so lopsided, but K-State has been absolutely walloped so far by uh, by Oklahoma State. That's really, yeah. of our late games, the one that we'll kind of mention now and probably not touch on unless it gets closer because this thing has been a, just a whitewashing. 31-13 for a Sooner team that most people felt was pretty fortunate to get a win in Boise last week. The weekend. Cowboys, not Sooners there real quick, Ben. But, uh, but, but look, like I said, there's so many games going look, on. Look, it's look, easy look, to get look this, is, this is very impressive from Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State's offense last week, especially their passing game, was dreadful against Boise. And to flip around against a well-coached team, that, look, I don't think Kansas State deserved to be in the top 25. Uh, but and look, as we know, rankings are completely meaningless, except if you're in the top 10. But this has been very impressive because their offense, Spencer Sanders, who threw for an illustrious 61 yards last week, is 14 to 21 for 230 and two touchdowns. They've been really good in this game against a good defense. So very impressive bounce back by Oklahoma State, who had been very, even though they're 3-0, and they're very unimpressive in their three wins, Missouri State, Tulsa, and Boise State. And now in a big delay, again, it's a big 12 that is wide open. And if Oklahoma somehow gets upset tonight, it's even more wide open for someone to sneak into that Big 12 title game. And why not Oklahoma State? I'm going to basically say this about all these teams in the Big 12. <laughs> you, why you not could. Oklahoma State? Why not Baylor? Why not Texas at this point? Why not West Virginia if you pull the upset as a 17-point dog? Mike Gundy's tonight? telling his uh, Cowboys, why not us? Basically anyone but Kansas, I would say, has uh, a chance in the, uh, <laughs> probably, in the Big 12. Probably fair. And Spencer Sanders, who was only 21-39, 255 yards, couple touchdowns and a pick in his first two games. That was after missing the opener with COVID protocols. To, to your point, Jeff, I mean, he's been outstanding with the 14 to 21 for 230 and two touchdowns. It has not helped on the K-State side where you lose Skylar Thompson. Uh, not sure if he'll be done for the year, but it certainly certainly good. seems that way. The 60-year senior who's already had injury problems before at quarterback for Kansas State. They've had to go at, looking at the box score, Jeff. It's been a a dual quarterback system, including a guy in Jaron Lewis, who you and I, again, both covered in high school in Columbia, Missouri. What a random thing. And, and he was a, a pretty average high school quarterback. He is now starting a Big 12 game on the road for Kansas State, and it's not going well. He has thrown an interception, now averaging 5.3 yards per attempt so far. And so between him and Will Howard, these two quarterbacks combining for just 113 passing yards on 23 attempts. So even though Kansas State 3-0, and Jeff, when you lose your leader – especially a sixth-year senior like Skylar Thompson. I know you're a run-first team, so you're not hoping to really fully depend on the quarterback position, but it's a hard, hard thing to come back from when you just have nothing to offer at, at your, you know, arguably your most important spot, right? <laughs> Cash the Rockbridge High School mentions over in the show. Uh, uh, but, yeah. but look, I, again, it's just a lot. It, 
Blues' third guy, because Howard was was the, the replacement yes. starter. Uh, just, look, at, at some point, it's just too much to overcome. And, and again, you're on your third quarterback, and your opponent's playing well. It's a hard thing for K-State to overcome here. I was on Kansas State plus six. That, oh, was, no. one of, that was one of the bad ones today. That it's I been had. a pretty good day for you. All right, look, hey, yeah. look, in-game wagering in college football is great. That was a pre-flop one that, that was not a no bueno. No bueno. Well, could this be another potential spot for an in-game wager? Because last week, you and I, we were, we were in these same seats watching North Carolina basically naming their score in, in a win last week where Sam Howell, the quarterback for the Tar Heels, and another guy who had big hopes for a Heisman Trophy – Struggled mightily in week one, that upset loss at Virginia Tech to start the season for NC, but had rebounded. Looked outstanding last week with five touchdowns and that big win for the Tar Heels. But they come on the road now, Jeff, and are struggling mightily at a Georgia Tech team in uh, the the Yellow Jackets who, look, they took Clemson to the brink last week in a narrow loss, covered the spread easily for Georgia Tech, and they're up 13-7 right now, early third quarter. These road struggles for Mac Brown, it's continuing so far, maybe seemingly uh, taking off signs to betters that maybe the, the Virginia Tech game, not just a one-off. Or maybe Georgia Tech actually isn't horrible, even though, uh, yeah. even though again, that week one loss to Northern Illinois is looking like a horrible one for the elegant jackets. Look, right I'll, look, I'll say this, and, and, and kind of learned after week one when Clemson really looked mediocre against Georgia, at least offensively, and then that has not been a one-day thing for Clemson. Scored 14 points last week. They scored 17 today in overtime. That offense is not that good. And for Georgia Tech, again, I I, I don't know. I, I I thought Georgia Tech was going to be a bad team this year. I thought that they were really going to struggle the whole way the whole way through. And I thought this was a good bounce back for UNC on the road in conference play. And it just hasn't worked out like that tonight. So, uh, look, uh, would it shock me if UNC comes back and wins this game? No. But I, for the ACC, in a year going into it where it looked like not only will they have Clemson, they, may not, they might have North Carolina being in the mix to make the playoff if things go right. They're going to look it looking like they're going to end up with zero teams in the playoffs at this rate. Clemson's not getting there. Their season's done. It's done. They're going to be lucky to go 9 and 3 at this point. They're going to lose another game down the road. This just not a good team. The rest of the conference highly mediocre. Going to be looking at a playoff without the ACC this year. Uh, and look, you think about Georgia Tech too. They've just been in the in the dregs of the ACC trying to move on from the Paul Johnson era yeah. and uh, and uh, at the same time they're on a backup quarterback in this game, Jordan Yates, who has basically been asked to just not turn the ball over. That was a huge issue, 25 turnovers last year for this Georgia Tech team. He's just 3 of 6 for 21 yards so far and they're winning the game, Jeff. We're in the third quarter. So that tells you, you all, tells you all you need to know uh, right now about what's going on for Sam Howell. Just 12 of 18, the UNC quarterback. 112 yards, Jeff. And looking at the live numbers, seeing North Carolina now down, down to minus two and a half. Georgia Tech does have the ball. They're just at, at the start of the third quarter. And your live total at 48 and a half. This was a team, Jeff, that scored 59 points on, on their own last week. We saw in-game totals of over... Oh, it was what, 98 and a half, right? Was our uh, our high water mark of the totals last week. Oh, so, I got the one. Didn't get the didn't get the 110. I get my, uh, that 110. One hundred one hundred six. Maybe maybe one hundred two and a half. Oh, okay. I think, but that like what a what a turnaround from from week to week here. It's just bizarre for a week to week sport, I, I, Ben. I, well, I know, but I think we all assumed. <laughs> all right, you get that weird weeknight rivalry and big upset potential loss. You get it out of your out of the out of your system in Virginia Tech, and you kind of move on, get your season started. But this would be a huge hiccup. I'd take for North Carolina, so we'll see if they can respond. Uh, by the way, start of the third quarter, Oklahoma does come down and kicks a field goal, so that's 10-10 between Oklahoma and West Virginia as they get on the board, now laying six and a half. 
live, Jeff. 44 and a half. Your I total. I you, you're not going to want anything there. I still don't want it. Completely unbettable in game with the way this has gone so far. And unfortunately for Tennessee, uh, you, I know you said earlier you, you thought uh, the, the odds on them actually covering this full game 19 were still pretty good. Well, it's about, to be, right it's about to be a sweat because Florida has scored twice in pretty rapid succession here. Uh, they just got another Emory Jones touchdown pass, a nine-yard pass to bring Jones now on the night, Jeff. 18 to 21, 182 yards and two touchdowns. For a guy who had two touchdowns to five picks in his first three games, pretty remarkable turnaround for him tonight. Again, Dan Mullen's a good coach. He's finally coached him up, and and this is, again, this Florida team, they showed us enough last week that they are good enough to play with anyone. And, again, if, you, if you're if you Florida, you win out your schedule, you're in the SEC championship game with a second crack at Bama. doesn't matter what Georgia does, because if you're running the table of your Florida, you beat Georgia at that cocktail party. Our, our good uh, mutual friend, David Bierman, Florida alum, big Gator fan, is here at the at the uh, Circus Sportsbook. Saw him earlier, and he was in a booth next to a booth of very, uh, I could only describe as rowdy Tennessee Vols fans. So uh, a booth a little, next to a booth, very good. It was getting a little chippy down on the, uh, on the casino floor. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so right now, 31-14. And that live, Jeff, has, uh, has been uh, suspended. Last in-game number I was seeing, though, up to 62.5. So we'll see that readjust as they are to the uh, the end of the third quarter, so we should get an updated number for you there uh, momentarily. West Virginia has the ball back across uh, midfield for Oklahoma. So, again, I think that's going to be a game that we end up following the, the longest. Uh, if if the you had to handicap all one. these games, probably, right? Yeah, it's the most intriguing one. It's going to be the most intriguing Going to go down uh, to the wire. However, what we do have coming up, though, we're going to continue following all these college football games live and uh, in-depth as they go deeper on tonight. Also get some previews as well of our late games, which we have a number of, of top 25 teams in action starting at the 10 o'clock Eastern window. Up next, so we will get a couple minutes in with our good man, Jordan Sherwood, who will break down UFC 266, the main event. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll give you some final plays if you have not gotten involved yet on the other side. That is all still to come along with our NFL Week 3 previews for the next three and a half hours. All right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN is now available 24-7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24-7 on FuboTV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit vsin.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to VSIN as we're back on VSIN Bet Center. A couple of quick scoring updates to give you. Jeff Parles, my co-host, still keeping any faint hopes alive of a Kansas State comeback because just as we... He talked ill on the third-string quarterback, the youngster, Jaron Lewis, for Kansas State. He goes out, throws a 55-yard touchdown pass to his running back in, uh, and, and basically has turned this into now an 11-point game. End of the third quarter right now as Deuce Vaughn scampers in for the touchdown. Any, any hope still for you there, Jeff? I just, hanging the, on? I just need to cover six. I don't need to win the game. Need one more I, just score. Need to, I just need to cover six. You just the whole, need to, day, whole new you just need to cover six. And actually, this is the final play right now of the yeah, third that's quarter. Not we, work, it is a, uh, a sack taken as Kansas State got the ball back down 11 in Stillwater at Oklahoma State. We will wait and see. We should get an updated uh, in-game line momentarily. But as Jeff mentions, uh, he got him at, uh, at six. This closed five, actually, at one shop in town at BetMGM. So a lot of late money coming to the Wildcats. 
uh, taking on the Cowboys tonight at Oklahoma State. And uh, they're at the end of the third quarter in East Lansing. Still 13 up between uh, Sparty and the Huskers. Pick them going to the fourth quarter, Jeff. And it probably should be, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Feels like a three That point. sounds right. Feels That's like a, maybe this a three feels point like game. someone's winning by a Taylor Martinez. Touchdown no, it's Martinez. A fumble. Uh, and I think Michigan inbounds? State has it. He was inbounds. Michigan State recovers the fumble from Adrian <laughs> Martinez just as we thought he had turned the corner. Oh, Adrian man. Martinez, the Nebraska quarterback, turnover, and it's Michigan State ball. We're less than a minute into the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's a, he can't take that. In Nebraska territory, and that will probably turn this from a pick em to uh, probably three. Michigan State three. three we'll wait for maybe the, even three and a we'll half. We'll wait for the updated uh, number. I'm, I'm seeing now three and a half yeah. uh, at the moment. All right, with all that being said, let's take just a couple minutes. We'll detour go away from the college football while well, we've been following that basically all day i know our man jordan sherwood he has been uh, he's been locked in some sort of i don't know some some sort of cave somewhere watching all <laughs> ufc all day and we're we're, we're basically paying off all the people who have now been waiting to watch the main event because it starts in about 15 minutes as we bring uh, him on give him a follow on twitter at wood on 1063 jordan sherwood our uh, one of our favorite mma experts to join the uh, the network on a frequent basic uh, basis in Jordan, as we get ready here for the main event to start, I know we'll have our our, our big card tonight, as we'll have the, the main one. I know you we were talking throughout the week about potential steam coming to Alexander Volkanovsky. He takes on Brian Ortega. That is the main event of the main card later on tonight in a couple hours. I know you you uh, you have a pretty good idea of who's going to win this fight, but at the price we're seeing it now, it's up to minus uh, 200 at a lot of shops here. Do you still think there's value on the favorite? We've seen all the steam come this way. Yeah, I think if it goes any higher than, than $2, uh, it's probably just stay away. Look, I mean, Brian Ortega's a fantastic fighter, and he was brilliant in his last performance, uh, a unanimous decision victory over Chan Sung Jung, a fight that I faded him on. I didn't think he was going to win that fight. I had Jung winning that fight, and I think he was like a plus-180 underdog. Now he's a plus-155 underdog, as you see there, against the guy that's ruling the division, Alexander Volkanovsky, who I think has value at $1.80, $1.85, but... Trending towards that two-dollar price, two ten. You probably want to stay away, but I do believe Alexander Volkanovsky just has all the answers for Brian Ortega. Whether it's on the feet or you know, Ortega's a very good slick submission artist. Volkanovsky's a, you know takedown defense. His wrestling pedigree is going to be enough for me in my mind that he's not going to get into that game. So I, I think now you probably want to wait to play that fight live as it plays out. Uh, you know, perhaps Ortega gets off to a fast start. Volkanovsky weather that storm and and take some of the rounds late. But if it gets higher, as I mentioned, the two, two hours, 210, you probably just want to wait and see. Jordan, in, in what would have been one of the best fights of, uh, of the year in 2015, now uh, being fought here in 2021, Nick Diaz uh, back in the ring after over a half decade away, or the octagon, I should say, after a half decade away against Robbie Lawler. Lawler minus 150 right now, Diaz plus 130 at DraftKings. Yeah, the best tweet I just saw was Nick Diaz missed the entire Reebok era of the UFC. <laughs> and that was like a seven-year deal. I mean, look, the guy hasn't won a fight in the UFC since 2011, and that was uh, against BJ Penn. So that's a decade ago. We last saw him in the octagon, like, laying on the canvas against Anderson Silva. And look, it was a pick -em fight. Then he shows up fight week. He, like, doesn't know where he is. His interviews are weird. He's shadow boxed and looks sluggish and out of shape. So big money comes in on Robbie Lawler. I'm still on Nick Diaz, and, and I, I'm maybe weaning a little bit hesitant, but I'm still on Nick Diaz. I believe he wins the fight because Nick Diaz, even though he's 39 years of age, like the dude like just does decathlons for fun. It's not like he's not going to be in shape. He's a fighter, 
and his fight mentality, the way that he fights, pressuring guys, boxing them up, cardio for days, that's been the formula to uh, the kryptonite, if you will, for Robbie Lawler his last couple of times out. Neil Magny did it. Colby Covington did it. Tyron Woodley did it. So we're talking about a guy in Robbie Lawler who's also a little bit long in the tooth. He's lost four of his last five. I think Lawler needs a, 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 you know, a power punch to land to win this fight. And, and like Nick Diaz doesn't get stopped. Like he never gets stopped. I think the only time he's ever been stopped or knocked out is because of cuts. So I think Nick Diaz is the play at plus 140. I'll grab him. Just, just having the confidence that even though he hasn't been performing in five years, he hasn't been in the octagon uh, in six, he hasn't had a victory in 10, I'll still take him as a dog because of the way he fights and the way that Robbie Lawler fights. And if he hits, you can you know tell your grandkids someday you, you had a winning ticket on a guy who missed an entire full marketing era of, of, <laughs> of the UFC, a full seven-year stretch is a Jordan Sherwood. It gives us a few minutes here on VEASAN Bet Center. I, I know the, the fight that's getting underway here to, to start the main card in about uh, 10, 15 minutes, one that will have a lot of intrigue and one that we have seen a little bit of line movement. I know we showed that graphic a moment ago from our morning odds as of today at DraftKings, and some of these have certainly shifted as we've gotten closer, uh, Jordan, to fight time here. But Cynthia Calvillo and, and Jessica Andrade going at it. We're seeing now, I'm seeing Andrade down as low as a minus 200 favorite. was up in that 240 range earlier today. You're down to about... Uh, plus 175, you can still get Calvillo in the plus 190 range uh, coming into a fight like this. Uh, what's, what's your angle here on fight number one of this main card? Yeah, I'm not happy that a lot of this public money or any of this money is coming in on Cynthia Calvillo. I, I had her as, you know, plus 225 underdog, and I love that price because of her evolution as a striker and her pedigree as a grappler. I think that she's one of the best flyweights that we have. She struggled a little bit earlier on in her career getting to the scale and actually figuring out what weight class that she wanted to compete in. But look, Jessica Andrade is a former champion. She's a power puncher, you know, you know well-versed in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But I think, I think Calvillo is going to be all that she can handle. And, and I'll take her at plus money. If it gets down to that plus 180, that's another stay-away fight for me. Uh, and maybe I play it live and, and see how the first round shakes out. But, you know, Andrade coming off a loss, even though it was to the champion in Velatina Shevchenko, I think the grappling and the clinch is going to be an issue for Andrade. She's going to be the smaller fighter. Calvillo will have the size advantage. That's a plus for me as well. So I like Calvillo as the underdog. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of people who are playing Jessica Andrade earlier were just, you know, renowned on her power punching status, her former champion status. But I'm big on Calvillo, even though she lost uh, her last time out as well. I think she bounces back with an impressive win as the dog tonight. Jordan, any chance Lauren, Lauren Murphy has it at all to pull that massive upset against Shevchenko? I mean, I, I, if she does, because she, she fights like a dog. Like, she's just grindy, she, you know, dirties up fights, makes people uncomfortable. You know, also a fighter that's never been stopped before in 19 professional fights. But my, my play is on Shevchenko. My play is on Shevchenko to, to actually win the fight, win it inside the distance. And I've got a small prop on her via submission at plus 450, going back to just how tough Lauren Murphy is, I don't think she gets stopped via strikes. I think Valentina Shevchenko could showcase uh, a submission. And, and a lot of people have been saying, like, there's pattern for Shevchenko. Wins a decision, wins a finish. Wins a decision, wins a finish. Her last win, a unanimous decision, or excuse me, a, a finish over Andrade. So likely a decision. I don't buy it. I hear rumors in her camp. She wants one more shot at Amanda Nunez. She wants another opportunity to challenge her for the best of the best. Way you do that, you finish a fighter like Lauren Murphy, who's never been stopped in her 19 fight career. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Again, that main card starts here at about uh, 15 minutes. Or so again, Jordan Sherwood, always so kind to give us some time here uh, across the network on a variety of shows. Give him a follow again at Woodon 
1063, host of the main event. You can hear that on ESPN West Palm, where our, our comrade Kelly Bidlin and him used to be uh, great co-workers there uh, in Florida. So it's always great to see you, Jordan. Best of luck on your picks tonight. Thanks, as always, for the insights and the time. All right, Ben, Jeff, have a great uh, rest of your evening. Talk Absolutely. to you Absolutely. Appreciate it. As we uh, we also take a look while we were speaking with uh, with Jordan, Jeff, a couple of interesting updates going on in the uh, in the football scape. Yeah, yeah, yes. Also, uh, also uh, over Bidlin mentions over one and a half cashing. We, we had an earlier Bidlin mention. Oh, actually, we need one more. My mistake. <laughs> Jeff, uh, hey, I, I got, you just I got, broke the one I, one I, cardinal I, sin. You can't count your money before uh, the ticket cashes. I, I got it. I got I got overexcited there. Oh, uh, West Virginia is <laughs> taking uh, West Virginia is taking yes. the lead on Oklahoma. That's the biggest yeah. thing that happened while we were talking to Jordan. Uh, field goal. I'm kind of surprised West Virginia didn't go for it on fourth and goal actually, uh, but they settled for the short field goal. They have a 13-10 lead on Oklahoma. And Ben, this Oklahoma team, just this is a month. This is what they are against real competition. They're pretty pedestrian. Meanwhile, it has gone from bad to worse for North Carolina. Yes, Georgia Tech, another touchdown, a Sims one-yard touchdown run. 20-7 Yellow Jackets trying to pull off the upset on North Carolina. We'll get you an updated live line. I am seeing, though, uh, Georgia Tech minus eight right now live for the game. As we get into hour two, we'll continue to break down some of the late-night college football action right here on Beeson Bet Center. Before you place your next bet, visit vcin.com for all the latest data and powerful betting tools. Start with our live odds, team comparisons, and previews for every game on the schedule. Then dive deeper with live tracking of betting trends and line movements. And don't miss our unique tools, including odds comparisons from sportsbooks across the country, prop bet search engine, and custom parlay calculator. Everything you need to increase your betting knowledge and confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vcin.com today. Did you miss a VEASAN show? We have multiple daily and weekly podcasts to keep you up to date on all the latest sports betting action. VEASAN Best Bets bring you the highlights from our daily lineup of shows, including Follow the Money and a Numbers Game. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum gets you ready with the latest lines in action. Beating the Book with Gail Alexander provides the insider view on analytics-based betting strategy from professional bettors, handicappers, and sportsbook operators. Visit VEASAN.com slash podcast today to find all of our podcast options. To see and hear the things that I do, and it looks relatively simple, but uh, I would I would say that like uh, especially guys probably 21 to 35 years old who say Jimmy I know the left fielder of the Dodgers Jimmy they give me all that stat stuff. And I told them it's a little more than that. It's nice. 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 A little more.